Welcome, everyone, to the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Here on the show, we bring you interviews with business owners, executives, and key players operating in and around the Ottawa, Ontario, Canada region. We grab their insights on business, marketing, leadership, and motivation. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining us today on the show, we have Denis Brisson. Denis is the Executive Director of BNI, Business Networking International, for Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec for the past 21 years. We're going to be discussing some practical advice for those business owners out there, and specifically, we're going to get into how B and I can be an I for those business owners out there looking to grow their business in 2021. You're going to want to tune into this. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining me today on the show, we have a very special guest today who is uh, extremely well-grounded uh, with a great background in business. Uh, we have the Executive Director of BNI, Business Networking International, for Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec for the past 21 years, Mr. Denis Brisson. Denis, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Denis, maybe uh, as we typically do on the show here, we always start off with uh, with all of our guests sort of taking us back. Uh, take the audience back to to when you were born and and uh, maybe where you were born and and sort of what what your upbringing looked like, Denis. Sure. Well, I was much smaller then. <laughs> I um, my parents are from a small town. Both my dad and my mother small town in Embrun. Some people call it Embrun, just outside okay. of Ottawa. Okay. And uh, my father was an accountant for Kaplan's, uh, sto uh, Kaplan's store um, downtown on Rideau Street. Kaplan's okay. store was a little bit like a bay in the Sears and that type of stuff. Okay. And um, they... Are you talking downtown Ottawa? Downtown Ottawa. Kaplan's was right on Rideau Street, uh, almost across the street from where the bay is now, I guess, or the, the, the Rito Center. Yes, yes, okay. Right? And um, they were, uh, and so they, they, they were renting because of money or lack thereof it, they were renting a house in Hull. So I was born in Hull, Quebec. Okay. Unfortunately, at the age of about nine months old, I guess, uh, the... Uh, I moved in with my grandparents. My father was uh, was uh, an ill man, so he he died when I was a year and a half old. So okay. and he was in and out of the hospital constantly. So basically, I was raised with my grandparents in Abrin. Okay. About the age of four, uh, they moved to Ottawa, to Sandy Hill, actually. And so okay. I I grew up at the, at their house on Stewart Street, and in the my mum's apartment with my mum 
on the corner of Charlotte and uh, Bezerra. So that's where. So I'm, I, where my where was I born? I was I was sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my passport says I was born in Quebec, but that was the first nine months of my life. Then it was Emrim in, in Ottawa. Well, uh, Charlotte and Bezerra is that not right in the heart of Ottawa? You know. Uh, no, no, that's at the other end. Uh, Char- uh, Charlotte and uh, uh, Bezerra is at almost at the corner of uh, Rideau and Charlotte. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Right, right, right. So, so and that where, building where is did, still there. <laughs> where did you go to school then? I went there? to school in Sandy Hill in okay. uh, a school called Garno that is no longer there. It is all now part of uh, of uh, Ottawa U. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And how many siblings were you? I was the only one. Okay. So I was okay. born, uh, like I said, my dad died when he was a year and a half old. So okay. that was it till my mom remarried when I was just short of 10 years old. And I'd, then I see I had two brothers, two stepbrothers and a stepsister. Okay. Okay. Point. So the first 10 years, you're, you're by yourself. So making friends was, was it a was priority. It was me, me and me. Yep. Was a priority. What would you say? And we're going to get into it, obviously, with your, you know, your background in networking. Would you say that was kind of your early networking? Uh, I guess so. Ground? Yes. I, actually, I, I, I'm French. I'm French Canadian. I did not speak a word of English, and the only kid my age, his name was was I still remember him was Kenneth Poulain, and he lived in the house behind the apartment. He didn't speak a word of French, and I didn't speak a word of English. Oh wow! And we were playing together. And my mom would watch us through the screen door on the balcony playing. Yeah. And by the end of the year, he was starting to speak French and I was starting to speak English. So, oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that young awesome. age, you're a sponge, right? And no new additions. <laughs> so. so so you're 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 progressing through, then the family dynamic changes a little bit. You have uh obviously some some step siblings. Uh were they older than you, Denis? My uh there was my sister Judy was is older than I. I think she's in her sev. She's in her, yeah, she's in her seventies. Um, okay. Terry was a couple of years older than myself, and Rick was my age, but uh, nine nine or ten months older than me. Okay. 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 So, and what was that dynamic like? It had its challenges. Yeah, you know, I was the new kid on the block, and of course, yeah. because Rick and I were basically the same age, I was a threat, a perceived threat to my older brother. Because of course, okay. for all his first ten years of his life, for eleven years of his life, he had his younger brother following him everywhere. Now there was somebody else being interjected into yeah. the family. Yeah, but you know, that's a, that's not an unknown story for yeah. for many families that yeah. go through that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I to, yeah, definitely. I had to make my way. Yeah, definitely. So you progress, and then where where did you go to high go to high school? Was Garno was the high school too, or no? Garno was the um, was primary the, school, uh, the primary school, and I went to high school in. Um, geez, I can't remember the name of the school. It's it's gone. You know, there's something wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> my my my. I went to two grade schools. Uh, one on Kilbourne at at the bottom of Kilbourne Avenue when we lived in Alta Vista when my mom got remarried. It's gone. Okay. My, first school garno is gone it's been destroyed oh, it's wow. gone so my high school is gone so you know i'm really starting to <laughs> doubt myself <laughs> none of my learning institutions are around anymore so where where does so let's let's just go back to high school for a moment what what were you how would you characterize yourself in in high school were you like you know the jock the bookworm the guy the quiet guy the, the party animal or 
Well, where does Denis fit in? Denis was basically the the, the Joker, I guess. I, okay, I've, I've always had a bit of sense of humor, and yeah, uh, you know. Uh, so I, I, I have to say that in grade school, my desk was often pulled up to the front of the class <laughs> by the next to the teacher's desk, so I wouldn't disturb anyone because I like to talk and I like to joke, and I was, I guess, I was that way when I was little, and I'm sort of still, still that way. Did you have any? Did you have any interest growing up, uh, business related or non, or sports or hobbies or? Uh, not, not really. And again, okay. you know, I got my my first pair of skates. I think I was uh, ten or eleven years old. Okay, and they were my stepfather's. You know, oh my, wow! You know, when my when my father died way back then, there was no money, yeah. and we were. Well, often my we had no food in the house. There was no you know, so there was, my mom had no money. She the uh, because my 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 mom's dad, my grandfather, would support us and give us food and stuff like that. So being there was no money, there was really none of that stuff going on. Okay, and of course my yeah. mom would work and try to support us. We had an apartment. She, we were living in the apartment on 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 Charlotte Street, Charlotte near Rito. And there was four bedrooms in that apartment, mm-hmm. and she would rent out uh, four of them to, okay. to, to to young ladies. And we had the living room, kitchen, and the dining room was our bedroom where we both slept in in, wow. in that room together. So wow. she was trying to do everything to make ends work. So there was no money for things like that. So no, there was yeah. no sports in my life. I had never yeah. skated till I was about eleven years old, and the skates okay. that I got were uh, basically you know all broken in you know not yeah. a lot of support left so and so forth so i've never you know i i always joked that you know if you put me on skates and give me you know take away the hockey sticks and the boards i'll fall down where i won't be able to stop so <laughs> <laughs> what what with that upbringing though Denis, did that sort of form you for for later on in business when you know especially when when you're starting a business it's you know it's not easy and may, i mean for some people maybe they they have some early success and but it can be tough, you know. It is tough, and I guess it sort of put a background in me to, you know, don't give up and go forward, and yeah. You know, and and I had to do a talk. I took a public speaking course, and you had to do a bunch of talks and write them down. And one of the talks was uh, about heroes. That was the subject they gave you. Okay. And I I sort of I bridged that to heroes about you know you know how how much you know police can be heroes and fire preventer you know firefighters and all this stuff they're yeah. heroes but that's part of their job and their training the true hero in my life was my mother growing up because it oh, was so awesome. easy for her to give up at any time yeah and the only thing that sort of kept her going that she said was was me yeah she had a dedication yeah. to me so that's a true hero so that's sort yeah. of right sort of you know I and of course her brothers. And sisters took care of me, and so I, I, I yeah, I was good. So. Okay, oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. Very well said. What, what was, what was the like after high school? Where does Denis, where does Denis go? Uh, Denis goes to work for the post office. Okay, my, my stepfather was. Uh, I guess I can say that now because he's, you know, he's retired and passed away. So nobody okay. <laughs> so he pulled some <laughs> strings and got me into the post office. Okay. So I was working at the post office and sorting mail and do the stuff and a part-time letter carrier filling in for people who were calling in sick or whatever the case may be. So yeah. I worked for the, po- that was my first job. My first real job was that I, I had many jobs before that, 
but uh, out of school, that was, that was my first job breaking for the post office. Okay. Okay. And did you like it or? It was, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, you had this, you don't really appreciate the post office. Well, maybe now it's, it's different with all the automation and everything else. Yeah. But back then when you went to work for the post office and you were working at the sorting station, which was, at, it was the main post office uh, where at almost, almost where the, the uh, Rito Center is in, in that, re, in that oh, okay. region. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So you, and so from there, the mail got sorted and went out to all the post stations around the city. Yeah. So you had to learn all the all the postal codes, all the okay. streets, where you had to basically you knew Ottawa inside out, so right. you could sort the mail so it would go to the proper places. So it was a lot of learning. And, okay, because uh, you're sorting by hand, is what you're saying. It, oh yeah, we, everything was yeah. by hand. There was no yeah. machinery. You, you you would you would sort these stuff into a little. You'd stand there in front of a cubicle with all these squares and. You would put the letters into the, the squares where they were yeah. going to the postal station they were going to to get there again. They would do it down down to the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So then, where did you go after the post office? Oh my goodness, um, we got, <laughs> <laughs> we're going back many, many, many years. It's almost a blank. The after the post office, I I don't remember. I, I know I got laid off. They did a major layoff. Okay. And so I, I was, you know, being I didn't have seniority, I was gone. And I don't remember exactly what I did after that. But I know at one point I, I ended up working for the Royal Commission. Was it the uh, official languages at the time? Okay. That okay. became the uh, 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 bilingualism, biculturalism. Okay. Yeah. And worked for them for a bunch of time. And okay. so from there, I did a bunch of government stuff. But I came to realize at one point that, you know, uh, as, as, as and those, and those offices sort of got shut down. And so my other uncle got me into Farm Credit Corporation, which is another government thing. Okay. And so I worked with them for a bunch. Yeah. yeah. But I came to realize that working for the government just wasn't type, my type of job. I was not real. You know, you asked me if I was happy. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you know, I was you know getting a paycheck, but I wasn't really happy, and it just wasn't for me. It's just, yeah, you weren't fulfilled. No, no, not at all. Yeah. So you know, if you yeah. did too much, you got frowned upon. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I I I definitely left that. But did you know, before I when I when I was about thirteen or fourteen years old. Uh, I used to work it out and, and this brings back the memory because I was just talking about that to someone yesterday. There was a company called the Fuller Brush Company. Oh, yes, yes. And it would yes. go door to door sales. Yeah. And I, I got a job deliver. Uh, what, what it was, was stamping the, uh, the gentleman's name was Mr. Crook. I can't remember his first name, <laughs> but, but he, I had a stamp with his name on it and his information. And you had to ans- hand stamp the back of all of this pamphlets. And yeah. then I would deliver them around the neighborhood. And that was, oh, wow. I guess it was a penny, a pamphlet or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. And then after that, I got a, a, I had two paper routes. I had one okay. for the Ottawa Journal, which is defunct, yeah, yeah. and one for Le Droit. Le Droit, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and mean, yeah, I was living in Alta Vista then with my parents, and 
it wasn't there was not a lot of English people or French people living in Alta Vista. So the the paper route for the Lutois was pretty small. It was big compared to most paper routes because you had to, you know, in order to do 40 houses, you had to do a lot of a lot of streets. So I, <laughs> yeah. I had I had both, right? So I, I was carrying I was doing one side of the street was the, the was the journal, the other side of the street was Le Dois. Oh uh, wow, good for you. Know, you. Like not quite, but something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Alta Vista definitely. We're we're yeah, Alta Vista. That's that's well, that's just outside of where where I was in Elmville Acres. So I know the okay. I so yeah, I was well. on the Kilbourne Avenue, right in front of Beaver. Okay, okay. Oh, so very. You or, walk or down Beaver. Beaver. You walk down Beaver to get to Alta Vista uh, School. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that not where the hill starts? Is not a hilly right there? Well, oh yeah, and actually, <laughs> when we were kids, uh, Randall Avenue. Is yeah, what goes down from Paul Vista down the, to to Bank Street? Yeah, it was called it was called Skateboard Haven. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and this is when we would you know steal our sister skates and rip the wheels off and and <laughs> screw them onto a board. It was it was people would have trouble driving down the street because there was so many of us skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, Kilborn was too busy, but Randall was okay. <laughs> so at so at what at what point does does Denis end up at Mont Saint Marie? I'm anxious to ask this question. Well, um, how did you end up at Mont Marie? Actually, I was working uh, for before Mont Marie. I was working for a company called Cornomatic, okay, and which is industrial uh, uh, washing machines. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I, and again, there I wanted to get more and more in the cells, and they had a sales opening there. That, okay, uh, uh, it, I'm not going to get into it, but I didn't get. Okay, and so okay. I. Uh, I got, was it there? No, I'm sorry. No, Mont Saint Marie was before that. Actually, where was I working? I think I just been, I had just left a farm credit corporation okay. and a friend of mine uh, was in management in Montreal at a store called Pascal's. Pascal's. Okay. Pascal's okay. Uh, hardware store. Yeah. Right. And they also had a division of hotel supplies. So, okay. for, you know, dishes and all this stuff for, for stoves and fridges for restaurants and all, all those institutions. And they were looking for someone to uh, head off in the shipping uh, division over there. So I got offered this job. So I moved to Montreal. Okay. And I worked there for many years. And then uh, after, uh, while I was there, my stepbrother, Rick, who was basically my age, was working at Mont St. Marie at the hotel there at the convention center. And they had a start state of the art, pretty well advanced compared to a lot of places, conference center with re- recordings and everything else. Okay. And they could, they could record all the conferences going on and you can actually go back to your room and view the day's proceedings in your privacy of your own room on TV, which was closed circuit everywhere. Oh, that's it neat. was pretty neat. And so, uh, he had told me that uh, that he, there was, you know, an opening at the hotel there, and if I'd be interested, yeah, and I said, yeah, I would yeah. love to. I would love to do that. It'd be a lot of fun. And yeah. you know, Montreal was fun, but you know, a lot of party. So <laughs> the uh, I, w- I would sometimes find myself uh, going to work from the party the, the next morning. So it was a di- it was a different time, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the. Uh, I, I moved to Mont. I moved to Mont Saint Marie, and I was working at the reception at the front desk. Okay. At Mont Saint Marie. Okay. And uh, from there, they they had an opening for the auditor, night auditor, taking care of all the books for all the all the different the, the departments, the restaurants and the ski hills and all this stuff. Okay. That had all been together at night for for the the 
the hotel accountants to to work with. So I started getting a little bit of dabbling into that. And so I I went from front desk to working the midnight, the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. working uh, working the front desk, but not a night auditor at the same time, and uh, putting all the books together. Okay. So, and that was okay. that was that well, that was fun. It was a ski resort at the same time, obviously. So there was a lot. Yeah. Did of, you lot ski? Of, a lot of young people, the same age, all living on site. So it was okay. Yeah. Did you do you ski? Yes. Okay. I haven't skied in a few years, but yes, I actually learned to ski at Mont Saint Marie. I had oh, okay. no skis, and I went to the ski shop and I rented some skis, and oh, I would walk you. up. I would walk up, start walking up the the hill. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want to go to the top. I had never skied in my life, so I would walk <laughs> up the hill. You know, how, imagine how hard it is in ski boots walking up the hill and go up. You know, a hundred feet, whatever it was, turn around, put the skis on, and come down. Yeah. Did that two, three times till friends of mine who I was working with that yeah come on Denis let's go to the top we'll teach you how to do it <laughs> yeah. hop on the chairlift went up to the top well of course within three seconds they were gone and there I was in skis not knowing what to do looking <laughs> looking down the mountain at the ski lodge <laughs> <laughs> I took some ski lessons I had a lot of fun so you know it was uh, yeah. it was a different it was fun oh that's great Good memories that's great and it was that's my brother great. and I were working together so yeah that's very nice yeah, yeah. very nice very nice so from there you went to Coinomatic. No, from there no. I went to. Uh, I got laid off actually. The, okay. The hotel was in trouble. It was having. It was having trouble. The the, the roads getting from Ottawa to. Oh yeah, true. Saint yeah. Marie was yeah those, horrendous. Those and yeah. so, uh, and uh, at Christmas time, they had you know they figured they would get the hotel packed full of people, so they had decorated the whole place. They had hired a Santa Claus, and I think over Christmas there was one family living uh, staying at the hotel. Okay. So okay. You know, they 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 were having financial difficulties. So at one yeah. point uh, in by the spring, I got laid off. Okay. And so I out of work, and so I, I applied at the Holiday Inn on the Bywood Market. That's no longer a Holiday Inn. Most hotels okay. change names so many times it's hard to yeah. keep track. I can't. Re- I don't even know what the name of it is now. Okay. And so I I worked there uh, as the night auditor for a few years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? I mean, the market was different back then too. But. It, it was different. It, it it still had its its issues, if you wish. So yeah. I would I would work. <laughs> I was living on York Street between Dalhousie and and King Edward, I guess it is, or Dalhousie okay. and Cumberland. Sorry, in a tower there, and I would leave to go to work for eleven eight p.m. and you. <laughs> I got to I got, I got you to know the characters. <laughs> yes, I got to know all the police that worked downtown. Uh, we knew each other really well. Well, he had I a police to, escort, I, didn't he? Well, uh, basically, <laughs> I got to know a, a lot of the uh, young ladies working the market at night. Okay, and and uh, and and quite a few of the you know vagrants and so on and so forth. Yeah. So you know, and I joke sometimes that I would walk out of my building to walk the block to to get to work and sometimes we would walk i would walk with one of the ladies of the evening and i she, we, she would stop at the corner and i would go into the building so <laughs> it wasn't quite that way but uh, that's but you got to know a lot of a lot of different yeah. characters right yeah yeah so. yeah so you go from from the holiday and night auditing and from the- and were you tired of the night shift or what happened uh, the, the, i i guess <laughs> that's so. not an easy shift no, it, it isn't. And I'm trying to remember where I went af- after the Holiday Inn. I did different stuff. And uh, I did some painting for a while. 
And I, uh, after like residential little, painting little, or like artists, yes, residential painting. I okay. actually, that's what after the Holiday Inn, um, my girlfriend at the time worked for BT Film Sounds, and they okay. were looking to uh, get their offices painted. Okay, and so I, she, you know. I offered to do it. So they yeah. hired me to, to paint their offices, okay. which was a job. That was a big job. That was a big place. And, you know, it, so I got that done. Then afterwards, uh, through that, I, I got my doctor's offices done. Actually, I went to, I went to get my medical checkup and, you know, asking what, you know, what do you do? And so on and so forth. And, oh, okay. So I said, well, we actually, we've been wanting to get the office painted. Would you be interested? So I did that. I did oh, a perfect. couple of things like that. And yeah. then, I, but again, it just sort of wasn't for me. So I, yeah. I moved on after I finished the contracts that I had, I didn't take any more. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I, from there I ended up working for a company uh, that did repairing uh, pinball machines and video games and things like that. Okay. The video games at the time weren't like they are today. No, you know, no. It was mostly pinball machines and things, but that, you know, that was a, that was a different world and that was, that was, well, it was fun. So. Yeah. 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 So from there I ended up working for a Cornomatic. Right. Which, okay. We were a lot of great people enjoyed it, and uh, again, there there was uh, I could see the benefits of not wanting to own your own laundry equipment if you own, if you have a a commercial operations or an apartment building. Okay. 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 Yeah. And, and in terms of uh, you know the 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 products that you guys had there at Coinomatic, did you have just products for commercial places or did you have some for residential people? No, well, it was, uh, it was basically uh, laundry equipment for, you know, if you're living in an apartment building and there's a laundry room, right. That's where we'd have our equipment uh, institutions. I, uh, I remember uh, different institutions. We had a laundry equipment at the, uh, at the uh, Innes road penitentiary. Okay. And okay. so I remember a couple of times having to go there Okay. To help service the equipment, and uh, wow. you know, sort of scared straight. It's not. Yeah. A, it's not a pretty place to be in. So. Yeah. 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 So were were you doing repairs there with with Coinomatic? I, I did very few repairs. I, okay. I, basically, I was in the in the service department, taking care okay. of all the, the of the the. the, the dispatching the uh, the jobs making sure that everything got uh, coordinated and got done okay and, but sometimes you know as, as small businesses go you you know somebody doesn't come in and you need something done so you you get thrown into that job for that day right you're yeah not, you you're, there's no union you know yeah because yeah. it doesn't say in your contract you're not going to change your light bulb it doesn't mean you don't change your light bulb <laughs> <laughs> yeah very true yeah very very true so how so i gotta ask this because this is a great story how does denis go from coinomatic Property and casualty insurance business. This is a great story. This is again at Coinomatic. They they also they opened up a division of uh, appliances for instead of just washers and dryers. You can uh, they were selling stoves and fridges and dishwashers and stuff like that to uh, builders. Okay. And they had a they had they opened up that division and they had a, a lady young lady come in from Montreal because that's where head office was for Coinomatic. And she was there two days a week, but as business started to grow, sometimes there were people who wanted to come in and look at equipment and buy equipment and so on and so forth, that there was nobody there to service it. So yet again, Denis got to speak with those 
people and show them yeah. the equipment and do the sales and everything else, make sure they got delivery when they were supposed to. So I was enjoying sales a lot more because I was more in me than anything else. And so uh, I, they were looking to hire full time. I wanted to do it. And the manager at the Ottawa location was okay with it, but head office wanted to go a different route. They had somebody else in mind, so I didn't get it. Okay. So, and then back then, home and auto insurance, all this stuff, there was no monthly payments. You got your automobile renewal policy, and it was one payment. Wow. Couldn't finance it. And wow, that's so, a big payment. Yeah, that's a big payment. And I got my renewal in the mail, and I was living in Embram at that point. We had moved from Ottawa uh, with my wife and my two little kids. Yeah. And we bought a house in Embram. And okay. so I was working in Ottawa, so I would commute back and forth. And I, I got my renewal, so I called the office because inside my renewal papers, there was a pamphlet in there saying, hey, if you want to pay this uh, monthly, you can, uh, you know, and no interest free. Okay. Because back then, it was only two or three companies doing this as a retention tool, as a sales tool, right? You didn't oh, have to I pay see. the whole thing. I see. So I so, said, okay, great. And so I called them to set this up, but as well, of course, now I had to go into the office and sign the paper and give them a void check and all this stuff. And you know, there was no emails or faxes or anything like that. I wasn't tweeting around <laughs> yeah. back then, so you didn't quite do it. So the, uh, I mean, I think there were, there were faxes because I remember when I worked for Farm Credit Corporation, there was a fax, yeah. this big machine with a barrel or a drum type around that. You would put something on it, but you know, small businesses didn't have those things. Just the big government <laughs> yeah. did. So I had to go in. I said, well, I don't, you know, I finished at five o'clock and they closed at five o'clock. Yeah. They said, well, you know, we'll make an appointment for you. Come in at seven o'clock on that night. So I did. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And so I went after supper. I went over that night for my appointment to sign up on monthly payments. And this insurance office was called AC Bordeaux Insurance. And they were on the main street of Embram. Okay. And they ran their business in the basement of their home, which was a good size, you know, good size room. So yeah. it was him and his wife and receptionist and uh, another, uh, another uh, broker in the office. So I went there at night, went into the garage and went down to the basement door and uh, speaking with his, uh, his, um, uh, his wife, the, the, she was insured. They were both husband and wife team. Yeah. And so we were doing the paperwork and then a friend of hers came in to talk with her. So Bird, her husband came downstairs with this person and said, can you, is it okay if you just have something to do? I said, yeah, whatever. I can't remember what it was. So of course he didn't leave me alone in the office. He, he sort of stood there and talked with me. Yeah. Instead of leaving a, a, a person alone in the office, I guess what you, this is what you do. Right. Yeah. And so we talked for you know, 10 minutes or whatever until his, Dixie, his wife came back and then we finished up the paperwork. And when we were finished doing that, he said, you know, I'm looking for a young man like you to to hire to work in the office at all. Okay, so we talked a little bit about that, and of course, I you have to be licensed. I wasn't licensed. I didn't have an insurance license or anything like that. I said, well, you know, think about it. He says, well, you know, once you come, if you want, come and work in the office for a week or so and see what you think. So I was okay. That sounds good. So I went back to the office of Coinomatic and I said, I'm I've got two weeks of holidays coming. I'd like to take them now. Okay, so off I went on vacation. On my vacation, I worked for them for two weeks. Really enjoyed it. And so I went back to work and gave my two weeks notice and then left and went to work for AC Bordeaux Insurance. Wow. And I wasn't licensed, so I couldn't do 
I couldn't write insurance. I could write insurance policies, but I really wasn't supposed to do a lot of things. And though so I would, you know, talk with clients on the phone and, you know, there was, you know, it was, I got my training with them and then I had to take, uh, and I would take my courses. So I was taking my courses at night. Now I left a full-time paying job with a wife and two kids to this job here without a license that I had to uh, take my courses past my license in order for me to have a job. So I, I did that. And yeah, that's, so that's quite work, the risk. Yes. I would work during the week and in the evening and, and study and then go to school at night. So it was a three month course and I passed actually. And so the, one of the fun stories is they told me that when they, everyone had a code and the, the, the other guy, his code was 004. So I was going to be 005. So they could you know, assign the, 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 your, your business to you on, on, on their computer. Yeah. In database. And I said, well, I don't want to be 005. I want to be 007. So they said, well, no, it's 005. And I said, no, I want to be 007. I want to be, you know, licensed to insure. <laughs> he says, well, I'll tell you, the boss says, I'll tell you what. He says, you pass your course and we'll give you 007. So the mail came in one day after I'd done all my exams and everything. And I opened up the letter that was addressed to me from Rebo. And it was saying, congratulations, you've passed your course and here's your marks and everything else. So yeah. I picked up my envelope and I walked down to his office yeah. and I walked in and I go, and I threw the letter on his desk and I said, 007 <laughs> reporting for business, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I built up my clientele. I worked with them for eight years. And so okay. again, I had to start from scratch and build my clientele up. Yeah. And I did that. And then from there I went to, I got recruited by a firm in Ottawa called JC Gauthier and they're no longer around. Either yeah. AC Bordeaux is no longer around, they got bought out. Um, and then JC Gauthier got bought out as well. So they're no longer around. And But I, they, I, got a, I got home one evening and there was a phone message on my answering message on my answering machine and saying from JC Gauthier, from Mrs. Gauthier calling me, uh, wanted to talk to me. I found that sort of strange. I was like, okay. So I called them the next day and she says, well, we'd like to uh, talk with you about a, a possible position in, in our office. Wow. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, you know, I'm sort of happy where I am. And, you know, of course, you're, you know, you've been there for eight years. You've got a family. You've worked hard. And yeah. leaving a company to go work for another company you know, yeah. could be stressful. Yeah. So he says, well, look, meet us for breakfast. You've got nothing to lose. So I said, okay. So I guess the <laughs> entrepreneur in me said, sure, let's go for it. Yeah. So we, we went down and they were on Rideau Street. And we went down to the deli that was on, I can't remember the name of the deli anymore, that was on Rideau Street. And I met with Mr. Gauthier, who was the president, the owner of the brokerage, his daughter, who was the manager, and Rock, who was the senior commercial and uh, uh, commercial and personal lines uh, broker, and his assistant, Michelin. Okay. And what they were looking for is that Ruck was getting on in age and he wanted to retire and they had been looking for someone to hire to replace Ruck and take over his book of business. But he had been there for a long, long time, most of his life. And of course, he had a lot of clients. And if you're going to switch the portfolio from one person to another, you want those two people to be sort of similar in way of thought and personality and so on and so forth, because, yeah. you know, you could lose a lot of clients. Yeah. And so they were, we, 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 we had breakfast together, we interviewed and so on and so forth. 
And then so I said to them at one point, I mean, I'm a, I'm a broker, an insurance broker in Ambram, Ontario. How yeah. the heck, in a small brokerage firm, how did, how did you hear about Denis Bouguisson? <laughs> you know, what am I doing here at this table? How did you hear about me? For yeah. all these people in Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he good goes, point. well, we've been looking for a long time for someone and interviewing different people, and we just couldn't find the person we wanted. So we yeah. decided to go to our insurance companies and ask them for a referral. Wow. So your name came up by three different insurance companies. Wow. That's that nice. Work with. So, yeah. So, you know, they were talking to, and some of the underwriters they had at the insurance companies were the same underwriters I had with the same companies that they were represented in, in that I was representing in Embram. So, yeah. which was sort of nice. I guess I was doing yeah. something right in the insurance field. So, uh, we talked a bit more than we decided to, uh, I would do it. Okay. And I would pick up, go move into his office, and into their office, and pick up, work with Rock, of course, to get to know his clients and the, the business, and develop, clean up his business and yeah. develop it at the same okay. time. And so, um, I did that, and they, and I can talk freely because none of them are around anymore. Uh, they weren't living up to their contract. Okay. So I, I was getting tired of that, and at one point, what they wanted to do was. Take away, give me a choice of either only do home and auto clients or okay. do commercial, but not both. And I'd been develop, developing both. And I said, well, and what they wanted to do is if you were in personal lines, the home and auto lines was to get the clients. Then when you got back to the office, you would turn that over to the office. And depending what your family name was, where you fell on the alphabet would be the team that would take care of that. So you would no longer talk with them. And I said, okay, well, but you've no. cultivated the relationship. Though. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it mean, yeah. it, I'm selling it's, it's, it, there's, it, there's, there's nothing concrete here, right? Yeah. I'm selling Denis Brisson. Yeah. And so now uh, I says, I'm not being honest. If I'm going to be doing that saying, yes, you know, this is me and this is a service to provide. And then thank you very much for signing. Thank you for the cash. Oh, by the way, goodbye. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, in both offices I'd worked at that point, I'd been had con comments saying, I can't believe how loyal your clients are. When they call, they just want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to anybody else. Oh, that's so nice. I guess that should have worked for my advantage because when I left the Embram office, a lot of my clients that I had there followed me to JC Goche, though okay. I couldn't call them because I had a, a non-compete contract. Oh, okay. But, but you know, they, 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 uh, I couldn't call them, so they didn't. Yeah. However, J.C. Gauthier, what they ended up doing is putting an ad in the newspaper with my picture, welcoming me to the to the to the team. So that sort of, that sort of helped a little bit. Yeah, that helps. I, yeah. I wasn't allowed to call anyone, <laughs> and so I, when I moved from there, I moved on to a, a brokerage on on Heron Road called Trigon Insurance. Oh, Trigon. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, with Joe Ha, who's a, a terrific person. Okay. And so I, I, I worked with, with them for eight years. And uh, in, in, while, I, while I was at JC Gauthier, I was invited to a, a B&I meeting. Okay. And so that's how B&I came into my life. Okay. And so I was with, uh, I, was, and I went to Trigon after JC Gauthier Insurance and worked there till I retired from the insurance okay. business. Okay. Okay, and now now somewhere along the lines, because I, I I don't know uh, I, I I don't know about the organization, but uh, you were introduced to the Christopher Leadership Courses, which I've heard a lot of great things about. Yes, what, what, how did that come about, and and maybe uh, give us some insights as to what the Christopher Leadership Courses well, are all about? You know, Paul, in every great story, there is a woman behind it. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, 
my 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 wife, my um, my second wife. We got Jocelyn and I got married in 1994. Okay. And the and you, I believe you, you know Jocelyn. And yes, 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 yes. Wonderful lady, right? Yes, yes, of course. And so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we met and got together in 1991, and she had just taken the Christopher course and had been invited as an instructor, because that's where they get their instructors. It's all a volunteer based organization. And she had taken the course and she was dynamic at it. And they wanted her as one of the instructors. So they invited her to be an instructor, which she gladly agreed to. So okay. the Christopher Alicia course is very much like the Dale Carnegie course. Okay. Except it's okay. run by volunteers. And it started off, I believe in 1951 or something by by priests who uh, a lot of people could not afford to uh, take the Dale Carnegie course and had trouble getting ahead. Because okay. you know, if you can't communicate effectively, you've got trouble. Yeah. So they, they, they sort of copied the course to, to somewhat and started offering, but it was free and run by volunteers. And of course, it's no longer free, but you know, the last time that I think it's around $200 for the course. So it's, it's almost free. Okay. And so it's, 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 it's an, uh, an 11 week course and each week builds on the next. So I, you know, I tell people, this is a course you should be taking because it's a great course. It really yeah. helps you speak properly and, and put some thoughts together and presentations and everything else. Okay. So how did I get to the Christopher leadership course? Well, like I said, Every great thing, there's a woman behind it. <laughs> My wife had taken the course and she was now an instructor and she was talking to me about it yeah. and sort of encouraging me to, to take the course. I've never been shy to talk, yeah. but this course really helped me present effectively. Okay. So, you know, of course, it's a new relationship. So, you know, you're going to say yes. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why I'm still married today, you know, 25, 26 hey, happy years Happy wife, later. happy life. <laughs> So I, I signed up for the course and, and I took it and I tell you, it was a struggle, right? And it was stressful and everything else. And, you know, yeah. but I did it and very rewarding. And what, what here's, and I was in insurance back then. I was still an insurance broker. And as I'm taking this public speaking course, you know what they say, if you, you know, if you teach or learn. And I was taking this course and I got an offer from the insurance bureau, Rebo, who, who licenses, gives the insurance courses so you can become a home yeah. auto commercial insurance broker. Yeah. I got a phone call from them saying, uh, we were looking at hiring an instructor to teach the course and you were recommended to us and we would like to know if you would like to do so. Okay. I never well. say no. <laughs> well, let, 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 me, let me rephrase that. You know, if you ask me to wire your house electrically, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I like you too much, Paul, to, to put you at risk. Right? So, no, I'm not going to do that. But if something I could learn it to do, yeah, yeah, I'll say yes, and I'll worry about it after. Well, so and you know, and especially like the, the the line of work that you're in. I mean, you're always presenting. You know, yes. so well, it's definitely something that could apply. So the at the time I. I uh, I was, I just started, I mean, I was nowhere close to be even knowing what B&I was at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was taking the Christopher course 
and you know, learning how to prepare a talk, how to deliver a talk, introduce a speaker, thank a speaker, all these these great presentations, you know, and doing impromptu presentations. They would give yeah. you subjects, you know, later on during the course, and they give you five minutes. They give you a subject, and you had five minutes to talk to put up put a, a two minute talk together. So okay. it, was, it was great, but what I didn't know, what this was preparing me for at the time. And I got that phone call offering me to teach the insurance broker course. Okay. okay. Like I say, I, I rarely say no. And yeah. so I, I thought it was a great opportunity. So I said, yes. I mean, it, I was biting off a lot because at this point I'm still building my, I'm still building my portfolio Yeah. and teaching something you have to prepare for. It takes a lot of your time out of, out of your business, but you yeah. know what? This is good for me. This is good. I'm gonna, I said, yes, I'll do yeah. it. And, this was going on, and the course was starting just, uh, the teaching gig was starting not long after the Christopher course for me was ending. So it, it just prepared me perfectly to be able to present effectively as I'm teaching. So I, I had a good time doing that. So I, I, I taught that course. And that's how I, this is how I came through with Christopher's. As a matter of fact, I'm just, uh, next week is my, I'm, I'm doing a Christopher course again. They're putting uh, stuff online to try to teach public speaking online courses. Okay. And they're trying to, to, to hone it so they could do it. And you need volunteers. And of course, they're asking the, the you know, past instructors and present instructors. So we said, yeah, that, hey, that would be fun to do. Let's do that. So yeah. I'm, uh, we're, we're in Zoom meetings, taking public speaking course by Zoom. And we're right now, uh, we're doing this, uh, doing this course. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That so is it's, awesome. It's a great course. CLCOttawa.com. Okay. Okay. Oh, that is awesome. Very well. Very well said. So, so circling back to, to B&I, you're, you get introduced to B&I and what's, what's your feeling? You get introduced to. Well, here's the, the road to B&I basically was my wife and I decided to get a line of credit on our home. And so we went to the bank at the time it was called Canada Trust. And we met with this young man there who was the mortgage guy for the bank and did the paperwork, got the line of credit going. And then, and Jocelyn at the time was a licensed, was a realtor, was licensed real estate. And so when we finished, he says, to, so he says to me, he says, you know, Denny, you're an insurance guy. Jocelyn, you're in real estate. I do mortgages, you know, maybe we should uh, get together and, you know, find a couple, you know, find a real estate lawyer, whatever, a couple of people, and, you know, maybe start working together to refer a business to one another. And I said, that's a great idea. I'd love to do that. Perfect. <laughs> and that was in 1990, around June, 1996. Okay. And it stayed a good idea because we're all busy. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I, I semi joke was actually pretty serious. It's, as far as, you know, Paul, do you have a piece of paper on your desk right now or a file on your desk, should I say, that should have been done yesterday? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, don't we all, right? Maybe some yeah. from left over from last week. We're all busy, and that's where it stayed a good idea because everyone was busy working on their business as opposed to working in their business. And in at G December of 96, I get a phone call from Jim, and he, say, uh, and he says, I'd like to invite you to a business meeting, yeah. a networking thing in January. I said, okay. And he says, you know, he says, you know, we're just business people getting around and it's just, you know, 
exchange business, so on and so forth. Sure. Can I bring Jocelyn along? He goes, unfortunately, there's already a realtor and they only allow one person per. So no. Uh, all right. So I went. It was the, <laughs> the first Tuesday or I can't remember exactly what, either the first week or second week, but the first Tuesday that they had a meeting Yeah. in January yeah. after the Christmas break. And I walked in and there were six or seven people that were part of that group. And, and it was so structured. I went, wow. Because I had been to networking, you know, networking meetings before where, you know, the, the, the coffee and the eggs were the most important thing on, uh, in, in the room going on, right? <laughs> you'd walk in and all you, you know, you talked about hockey and you had your breakfast and you were basically sort of a waste of time. But what I saw there was structured. It was a, there was an, an actual business agenda that you followed. And you were yeah, encouraged to yeah. give out business cards and you were so on and so forth. I, I like that. And I said, I want to be part of this. So I submitted my membership application right there and then. Okay. To join the group. And so when, you know, chapters, as you know, chapters will have visitors days where they, you know, do a certain day where you know, everybody in the, in the part of the group invites people to come, business people to come and attend the chapter. Yeah. So I had invited people to come and I had invited my wife to come as well. Though okay. she could join. And she was so impressed with it. She wanted to be part of it. And she was talking to the executive director at the time. And there was no, no other chapters in town at that point. So she filled out her application and put her, and put her money down okay. for a group that did not exist yet. We don't quite do it that way anymore. But <laughs> the group that not even, there wasn't even, not even one person at this point besides her that was interested in doing a new group. Okay, and it's it stayed there for about two three months before, and she kept bugging them to get a group going, got a group going before he would actually start that going. So I I got involved with that, and and uh, for ninety seven in nineteen ninety eight, later uh, in Jocelyn, whose group got uh, got uh, formed and chartered and launched, and uh, at that point, the executive director, though he lived on the Quebec side, did not speak French, and. Uh, there's some business people in Gatineau who wanted a BNI chapter. You know, they had heard about BNI. They wanted the BNI chapter. Okay. So they, um, so the owner at the time, the director at the time, who didn't speak French, asked Jocelyn if she would like to work with him to start a chapter in Gatineau. Well, okay. It was Hull at the time, and she said, "Sure." Again, a little bit like me, you know, opportunity. Didn't say no. Went for it. Yeah. Yeah. And. So she worked with them. There was no material. There was no French material because there was no French chapters around the world at that point. Oh, wow. The only okay. chapters that were, were in the States. Yeah. And the first chapter came to Canada in 1995 in Toronto. Okay. Right. For the first 10 years, it was only in the United States. Yeah. And in 95, the first chapter opened up in Toronto. And yeah. in 96 or late 95, 96, open, first chapter opened up in Ottawa. So okay. in 98, there was no French chapter. So we have this region here. We have the, uh, Jocelyn has the, the honor of saying she opened up the first chapter in Quebec. Oh, wow. Awesome. awesome. And we, and we opened up the first French chapter in Canada. Okay. As well, which was not in Quebec, actually. It was in Rockland. And okay. the second one was in Embram. And then the third French chapter in the world was in Gatineau. Okay. 
a few months oh, later, the first chapter opened up in Montreal. They tried to claim being the first one in Gatineau. We're in the first one in Quebec. And we said, uh-uh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check the paperwork here. <laughs> so to their dismay, we were the first region in, in the world to have a, a French chapter. So okay. uh, I worked with, and then so after, within that, uh, you know, as you know, a, a BNI chapter has a team. It has a president a vice president, secretary, treasurer, yeah. uh, mentors, visitor host, education coordinator, um, event coordinator, chapter growth coordinator, so on and so forth. So uh, within that first year, I became involved on the team. Be- you know, I became the chapter vice president and I became the chapter president and I became a chapter of uh, uh, secretary treasurer. I was always on a roll and active within the chapter. And, you know, if you want something out of something, be more active in it. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I was doing. And the executive director at the time said, you know, hey, would like to work with as on the on, on the team with me. You know, okay. working with supporting chapters and so on and so forth as an ambassador. I said, sure. Okay. So I did that for a few months, and then um, he had an opportunity to open up a new chapter, but he needed help. So he asked me if I wanted to work with him to open up a new chapter. Of course. <laughs> Again, never say no, right? Yeah. So I started working with them as as a um, assistant director, if you wish, and opening up chapters. Opened up two or three new chapters. Took okay. them from zero, and I built them up, and I launched them. Yeah. And in in ninety nine, I guess about three years after I started, he was living in Chelsea. He had uh, four children at home. Okay. My, as young as I think four months old or something was the youngest one at that point. And, you know, he was at a BNI meeting every day of the week. And of course, back then all their meetings were 7 a.m. So that means that by six o'clock in the morning, he was leaving Chelsea to get to a BNI meeting in Ottawa, Kingston, Pembroke, wherever he was yeah. going to go. Yeah. And I think it was starting to uh, wear thin on the family to okay. uh, pull it mildly. He was probably giving an given an ultimatum. <laughs> so he was looking to, uh, to, uh, sell the BNI franchise because you know BNI it's franchises so I, I own the they called me an executive director my wife and I but we own the franchise it's, it's a, if executive director is, is the title for a franchise owner okay and so he started talking about being buying the franchise so we started and you know what they say be careful what you wish for and we kept saying oh god we can do better we can do this better than him we can do this better than him anyway so he was looking <laughs> to sell and we were interested yet again one of those stories saying you know there's an opportunity why say no let's go for yeah. it yeah yeah for so sure we uh, we did that we started looking at the at it and we had to in order to make this you know nobody would lend us the money to buy the franchise okay because you know, B&I wasn't that known and you know it's it's nothing it, it's nothing tangible so yeah. uh, we couldn't so finally we had to mortgage our house in okay. order to buy buy the franchise put it, so putting basically putting everything we own at risk wow wow to start the franchise so you're all in yeah you're in right no matter what you're in but you know i one of the things i liked as a B&I member when i started was the benefit it gave me in my business it okay. was so awesome for my insurance business i wrote so many clients yeah you know i i hate cold calling yeah i mean you well, can i think everybody call. does yeah well there's always you know what i always ask when i'm in a room is anybody here that you know likes cold calling there's always <laughs> one that one saddest who puts his hand up right so and it's usually me <laughs> <laughs> i mean cold calling can be effective it takes a lot of work yeah and the results you know it, it, 
you really have to work hard at it. And yeah. one of the things I always ask people is, you know, we're all busy, as we mentioned before. You know, if you invested an hour of your precious time cold calling or yeah. an hour of your precious time following up on referrals, yeah, which of those scenarios would put more money in your pocket? Yeah. I've yeah, never had a person say to me, cold calling. Yeah. Everyone said, well, referrals, obviously. Well, how do you get referrals? So, and that was one of the things when I started an insurance, uh, you know, I, 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 would get, I would get referrals from a lot of clients. I would, you know, I was, I was lucky that way. Yeah, but I worked hard. I shouldn't say I was lucky. I worked hard and yeah. it worked out. Yeah, fine. you made the opportunities right? too. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you know, the definition of luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? So yeah, the harder exactly. you work, the yeah. luckier you are. So I, I did a lot of that. Actually, when I was living in, in go way back, back to Embram, when I was living in Embram, I had clients in Ottawa. I had clients in Nepean. And back then, the call from the call from Embram to Ottawa was long distance. Oh, the wow. Call from Embram to Orleans was long distance. Wow. The call from Embram to Gatineau was long distance. And we did not have an 800 number. Yeah. And I was getting calls, long distance calls. Yeah. People in Canada, whatever, calling me because they were referred to me by someone. Okay. Looking for a home or auto insurance, they would refer me. Yeah. So the power of referrals are, are great. Yeah. And so I, I was getting so much business from my chapter and helping others. I mean, it's, you know, be nice philosophy, givers gain. Yeah, give and gain, so yeah. the more you give, the more you help out other people. At one point, it's going to come back to you. And yeah. like I always say, you know, I don't give a referral to I don't give a referral to Paul because now Paul owes me one. I right. give a referral to Paul because I want to help Paul in his business. Right? Yeah, and exactly. If you, help, if you help enough people in life, people will start helping you back. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so working with him, and I was lucky because it was, you know, not every group that was around at the time had an insurance person, home okay. and auto insurance person in it. So I was networking. I was helping them build their business. So they were referring business to me, which was great. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, as I found people, but, you know, I guess if you wanted to be the, uh, the, uh, these are all my toys, get away, right? Keep everything for myself. You know, the, that mentality, yeah. uh, I would have never introduced other insurance people to some of the groups that I was building. Because why would I want to in introduce my competition to this group? Yeah, right? yeah, it's gonna it's gonna help him or her, and it's gonna help them. But I might be losing at the end. Yeah. So yeah, you know, but but the pie is big. So you know, if I ran to, and I would talk to insurance guys, say, hey, I mean, you got to be part of this new group. So helping people. Yeah. So when the opportunity arose to buy the franchise um it was it was a no-brainer basically it was yeah like i like bni i like helping people and yeah, when yeah. people get it yeah right they just when they buy into it it's just amazing for their business and how far it could how far it can go so that's how we got involved in bni the process and it's you know we bought bni it closed in march first of march 2000 so okay. almost 21 years ago or almost 22 years ago now i guess we're no 21 years ago yeah, 21 yeah and, and the, the it was you know the deal was on it was off the deal was on it was off and at the last minute it closed within okay. a week it closed and uh my wife was a realtor at the time and the uh spring market realtors are busy in the spring market yeah, yeah true yeah and of course insurance business you know busy as well we're both running our feet off and now we buy this franchise <laughs> so we have to, you know, do listings, run offers, do, you know, do everything she was doing as a realtor. 
Yeah. You can't neglect your clients. And I was doing everything I was doing as an insurance broker yeah. and running B&I. So yeah. our house was basically from one end to the other was, was B&I. You, you couldn't find an open space that didn't have a file or something on it. Right. And we, <laughs> and we, you know, you know, as a new business owner, you're running your feet, you know, you're running off your feet. You're working yeah. seven days a week, 14 or 15 hours a day. We yeah. were eating at restaurants so much because we yeah. didn't have time to cook. And by the time yeah. we got the cook, we were too tired. Right. Yeah. So that was the life, the first life of, of, of us as, as, as a, B&I business owner is a few okay. and, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not a given. Well, some people think, oh, you're so lucky. You know, you're, 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 you're this, you're that. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It's not the case. You, yeah. Well, know, they don't see the struggle, right? No, they don't. It's, it's yeah. behind the scenes. You know, yeah. when everything is running smooth, when you go to an event and everything is running smooth. Yeah. It's because there's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Murphy's always there, right? Something's bound to go wrong. Yeah. And if, the, if things are they're not working the way they should, are not apparent to the people that are there participating, is because a lot of work's being done in the background to make sure it, it looks so easy. Yeah, right? yeah, and very. And well you said. know, we've had people be on leadership teams and chapters saying, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be that, that you know that that, that many. Uh, not that hard, but that complicated or that intense, you know, yeah. and it really, we really support you and Jocelyn and your team's support and work to go along with it because it makes it easier for them. It's, it's what's yes. in the background, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Very well said. I will say just, you know, for those in the audience, uh, you know, full, uh, full disclosure, uh, very, uh, I came to BNI, uh, joined the, the BNI Manatech chapter, in uh, June of 2019, and it's 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 been incredible. Um, you know, you become like a little family. It's a little different in the past year, which we'll get into, because um, we usually meet in person, which we haven't been able to do during the uh, the pandemic. But maybe just before, because I want to get into the um, some of those early struggles, Denise, that you're going through, that you've sort of touched on in starting the business. But just for those in the audience. Uh, that may not quite know what B&I is all about, maybe give us, uh, give the audience an overview of what it is for those that, that don't know. B&I, Business Network International. And I'll give you the, the very, from, from the very beginning, the very roots, how B&I came to be. The founder of B&I is Ivan Meisner who lived in California. He was a business consultant and he, he was a young family man and a client of his went bankrupt that represented about 30% of his business. So any company that takes a 30% loss in one swift chunk, that hurts. And so he realized that he needed to do something to replace this lost business and you realize that I guess the best way to get new clients is referrals. And so you started looking around at what there was and there were networking groups around and, but nothing that he liked were more like social groups and so on and so forth. They don't call themselves business groups, but they weren't. So he sat down and he, he started inviting friends of his that were in business and acquaintances, so on and so forth to be part of this group that he wanted to form to help each other, help him and help each other grow their businesses. And the only one of the only rules at that point was one person per. 
So one chiropractor, you know, one painter, one electrician, one real estate agent, one mortgage guy, so on and so forth. And as news of the group grew, people were, you know, wanted to join, but they couldn't because their spot was taken. So they asked, uh, they asked Mr. Meisner to start a second group. And he said, no, that's not what I do. This is just a group that I built for me and my friends, basically. And he said, yeah, but we want to be part of this. We, you know, we, we can't get into this. Can, can you help us? He says, no, I'm a business consultant. I don't run these groups. He says, well, that's like business consulting, isn't it? So they sort of talked him into starting the second group. Okay. Right? And then as that group got, got, and news got around about it, he got approached for a third group. And again, he didn't want to do it, but he got talked into it in the fourth group. And then finally, I guess he realized that, hey, I've got something here. <laughs> so <laughs> he started opening groups in California is where they were coming from. And it grew and it grew. So and then, like I said before, it came to Canada in 1995. Once Canada got involved, uh, Don Morgan was one. He was the National BNI director at the time. And one of the directors that got involved with him at the very beginning uh, he was from the UK. His brother still lived there. So when he bought the franchise for his part of uh, Ontario, um, he he talked to his brother about B&I. So they looked into it. So from, okay. from the States to Canada to the UK, down to Europe, and now in 70 countries. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So pretty amazing how quick it went. So it, it's it, B&I really is, is a networking or a word of mouth networking organization. Like I said, the philosophy is giver's gain. And how can we help you grow your business? And so it's about getting together with business people coming together on a weekly basis to help each other grow each other's business by yeah. referral. Yeah. And so the, the this is how B&I basically works. It's we're not a social club. Like I joked to semi joke to uh, a friend of mine in the past who was, you know, we're both in B&I and said, you know, I have friends at home or I have, I have friends and I have eggs at home. I don't need to buy a B&I membership to build friends and eat breakfast. If I'm going to be part of this, it's business and it's yeah. here for my business. Right. And that's, that's the main goal. And one of the things we say about, BNI is you know, one of BNI's strong points is we build relationships. Yeah, yeah. One of BNI's weak points, we build relationships. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's hard to harder to hold a friend accountable. But if you stop to think, why are we here? Yeah, we're here yeah. for business, right? So this is basically what BNI is. It's a business network where we're, people come together under a structured environment to help one another grow one another's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well said. Very well said. What what were so going back to those uh, those early struggles, Denny? When you're you have the franchise, you're you're running BNI, you're running the insurance. Jocelyn's running the real estate. What were some of those early struggles for those those listening that are maybe starting a business or in business themselves? The time commitment. Yeah. Right. The, uh, what it what a lot of people don't see is that what it takes away from the time with your family, your yeah, personal well time. You know, yeah. uh, my wife and I were now working together. We're together twenty four hours a day, working her business, working my business, working our business, our yeah. B and I business together. Yeah. You know, and 
the stresses that would bring along. Yeah. Uh, you know, are we going to be able to make this work? Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, if I lose, you know, if I, if we lose this business, we lose our house. And what yeah. are you going to do? So there, there's always that pressure that's going on. Okay. And, um, but I guess it's a, a secret, one of the secrets of success is surrounding yourself with some good people. Yeah, and, very well uh, said. That we, and we've we been able to do that as well. And it's, it's I, I, you know, we, 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 had, we had our office in our house because, you know, most of our business was going on out there. Okay. And so we managed everything from our home and our basement was rented to a young lady as an, as an apartment and it's fully, fully finished. Yeah. And she was such a young, nice young lady, and we didn't want to kick her out, though we needed that space. But, you know, it was almost a, a aunt and uncle type of relationship with her. Okay. We hadn't raised her rent in three, four years that she was here. And one day she called me down to talk to her, and she was sad and said, you know, I have to talk to you. I said, okay, what? So, you know, I'm, I'm moving out, you know, my, I'm moving with my boyfriend and everything else. So the outside of me going, oh, geez, you know, I'm so sad that you're going to be gone, but... On the inside, it was yay. <laughs> so we're able to develop the basement into a, a big boardroom. I think you've been at the office, yeah. you know, a yeah. big boardroom with a couple of offices and a working <laughs> kitchen and bathrooms and everything else. So that alleviated a lot of our pressure that we could able to actually start moving things out of our house into into uh, our office downstairs. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, working from home. Uh, it's the same thing with insurance. When I was able to start working from home, when I was in insurance, because you know now laptops were coming into play, and you could you could log in, you know, remotely from from home. You're not work. You're you're rarely a work away from work. So you yeah. need discipline because you know it's easy to work from home and you know yeah. work till ten o'clock. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, yep. with B and I, it's easy to go downstairs to the office and we'll go look at emails or go answer the phone or yep. whatever. You know, it's not stop working or come up for supper, go back down again because you didn't finish that file. So it, yep. it you know, it. Uh, yep. Some people say, "Well, oh, there's a the flip side of the coin too, though, Denny. There's well, the TV's right here. I'll just have a seat and uh, I'll well, just watch that, uh, watch the yeah. news for an hour, and that's you know four hours later." Well, well, exactly, right? There, there's two sides of that story, and you're so right with that. Yeah. It's easy to forget and go back down to work and stay working. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes people say to you, oh, you're so lucky. You know, your office is right in the home. You don't have to go anywhere. You're always there. I, I live at work, right? Yeah. Why don't you go, go yeah. to the, you know, go go home, grab your bed, and pull it into your office yeah. downtown and, you know, see. <laughs> so, but on the other side, it takes discipline yes. not to work all the time. Yes. Also, equally takes as much discipline as you say to, you know, oh, what the heck? I'll just watch TV, or instead of going to the office at nine, you know, I'll yeah. watch, I'll, I'll watch one of the episodes and whatever. I'll watch, I'll watch a bit of Netflix, whatever. And yeah. before you know it, it's twelve o'clock, one o'clock, or you know, or, you know what? I'm going to go fishing, or I'm going to go play yeah. golf, or whatever. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, yeah. It's, it, it takes a lot of discipline on yeah. both sides. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, very, very well said. And, and you need that. I find you need. I'm not saying an off switch, but something like that, like a pause button and you can hit pause and go do something else. Go outside, watch a show, play with the kids, yep. do something different. You have to. And this is one of the things we're, we've done during this COVID thing is that on average at two o'clock every afternoon, yeah. my wife and I leave and we go for a walk. Yeah. For about anywhere yeah. between an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah, and we in you know well you you would ask me if you if two, actually you sort of lived this with me you said does two o'clock work for you and I said no 
<laughs> and again, yeah. there yeah, is no, discipline. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Easy to make, it's easy to make an excuse saying, well, you know, yeah. you know this is important. I, should do, I, I have to do this. I, I'll go yeah. for a walk tomorrow instead. Because before you know it, you've said yeah. that four or five times and it's, the week has come by and you yeah. haven't done what you should be doing. And yeah. the, the going for a walk, walking around the neighborhood, my wife and I, we don't get a chance to talk. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we walk, we don't say anything. It's just, uh, it's just yeah. a relax, right? Well, so, even the change of scenery. I mean. Yeah. You know, it's been fun because we've gotten to meet some neighbors. We get to know a lot of dogs, a lot of pets <laughs> around. <laughs> Actually, the, the other day, uh, one of the uh, dogs that we know, his name is King, uh, he got loose. Okay. His, his leash came undone from, from where he was tied in his house, and he was running. He was four or five houses down. And we saw him, of course, you know, a dog running with this long leash, dragging him is dangerous, plus getting hit by a car. So we called him and he came over because, you know, oh, wow. we talked to him all the time. Yeah. We got the leash and we walked him back and locked on the guy's door and said, hey, Tony, here's your dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, you know, I, I, I just want to touch on one thing because I, yes. it, was a, it was a really good post uh, that you put out on Facebook on January the 1st. You know, and I think this clearly illustrates the the impact that some that an organization like BNI can have so in the you know in the midst of a global pandemic last year there was 8.5 million dollars raised in business uh, for BNI members in 2020 that's remarkable and that's yes. just eastern ontario that's just in western quebec your your territory yeah, that's Gatineau and yeah that's just our small like that's little, powerful a real little small pocket part yeah. of the world right and so and people how do we know this for those who are not BNI members uh, BNI has what we call our platform BNI connect yeah we have the BNI mobile app and so when uh, if i have a referral for paul i will uh, I can actually log on to my mobile app or on my PC on BNI Connect, and I could enter the details of that referral, and it goes by email instantly yeah. to Paul. Paul has the name of the client that I'm referring to him, their contact information, what they're looking for. It's, everything is instant. And now, because it's on it's on his BNI Connect platform, he has access to that 24 hours a day yeah. for the next 12 years or, and past, past uh, five years, right? So that's great and then members when uh, a member if i give i'll you i keep using you paul if we, yeah. you know we're, we're both here talking together uh, if i have a referral for paul and i and i send paul the referral and my client meets with paul t- tomorrow next week whenever that appointment gets set up yeah. and they do business together and paul is able to make a sale yeah get a new client Paul anonymously through BNI Connect can send enter is is the revenue he's made from that sale, yeah. and send a, a thank you for closed business to me. Yeah. Now I do not get a notification of that. I have no idea. It just goes into the system, and each week when the pres- president, the vice president of the chapter, closes off the reports for that week, this is when that'll appear on my page. Yeah. And so if I get thanked to by three different people in BNI for three different deals I was able to get them to make math easy for me if if it's $500 a deal what'll show up in my in my thank you for closed business line that I've generated for other people in BNI 
would be the lump sum of fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it won't be it won't be broken down. So there's no way for a BNI member to be able to track who is thanking them. Yeah, when, you know, yeah. One of the examples I use: if I refer the the realtor because I have a client who wants to buy a house and I refer the mortgage person and I refer the real estate lawyer and I refer the home inspector and I refer the life insurance person for them to insure the mortgage and a couple of other people. Yeah. I have no idea when all that's going to close because it depends yeah. how fast that person will find the house that they want. Yeah. Put the offer in and get it. What's the closing date? It could be two weeks. It could be five months. We don't know. And yeah. none of the revenues will show up until all that done is done, right? So there's no way of yeah. tracking this. So yeah. this is how we get the revenue is members anonymously entering their stats. And what's fun with that, it's also our members' book of business. They can see how many referrals they received. They okay. can see how much yeah. money they made through those referrals. So they can do an average of what a referral is worth for them. Yeah. They can see how many referrals they gave and how much money they got thanked for by other members. So how much do you were able to generate for others, right? Yeah. Plus a few other stats. So this is why we know that in 2020, B9 members in this small part of the world were able to generate just a bit over $8.5 million yeah. of clothing. Yeah, that's business, incredible. Right? That's incredible. And here's another stat for you, uh, Paul. b members in the same region from the 1st of January till the end of January 2021, yeah, recorded one million sixty four thousand and six hundred eight dollars. Wow. wow, in January alone this year. Yes, exactly. Wow, and BNI Connect that is platform. Yeah, oh, it is, and I mean it, it's it makes me happy, right? It's uh, I, I, that's one of my pleasures is helping others. It's one of the reasons I started teaching Christopher. It's one of the reasons so many things, right? It's yeah. just part of my of my makeup. Um, and BNI Connect, BNI's platform came into play in Canada in. Uh, May 2015. Yeah. And of course, anything that's changed, people have trouble adapting. A lot of people, not everyone, <laughs> but many people, right? It's, oh my God. And there's, there's, there, there's actually a book out there, and I cannot remember the author's name, but it escapes me right now. There's a book out there called Who Moved My Cheese? And I recommend <laughs> that read if you're a parent, okay. if you're in business, I don't who care moved who my you cheese? are. Go go get the go get the book. Who moved my cheese? And as okay. you're reading this, this is two characters. They're mice. Actually, okay, right. Okay. And as you're reading this, you will recognize maybe yourself or a bunch of people <laughs> around you. So it's it's a good book. So because you know people are, are don't adapt to change very well. Yeah. So, yeah. um, the and no matter what age you are, I know when my grandson who was six years old or something at the time, we were going to renovate, uh, do some renovations in the house and do some you know, move the bathroom. Uh, around a bit so on. oh he didn't he wasn't happy that we were changing things in the house <laughs> at six years old right? so <laughs> so um when bni connect came into play it took a while for people to trust the system right yeah to its change how to use it so on and so forth so i'd say uh, by this when we're looking at this you know we cannot tell who's putting in what we just see numbers so we don't know who put in the amount of money we just see numbers. And so by looking at the stats for basically the first five or six months of uh, the last five or six months of 2015, uh, when uh, Connect came into play, yeah. not a lot of chapters were using it. Okay, We saw in October, uh, you know, we talked about leadership teams and chapter, president, vice president, all those changing over. They're, they're a one-year mandate in the chapter. 
uh, they changed over in the first of October. So we saw a bit more of the new teams going to training and seeing a bit more of the, of, of uh, action in BNI Connect, if you wish. Yeah. But there was not a lot. So yeah. basically, the numbers I'm about to give you are most of it is from uh, tw- beginning of 2016 okay. to uh, a five-year period. Okay. This is a number that has been entered by members yeah. in the system, generated in Ottawa, Gatineau, Kingston, Pembroke. 60489965 dollars of business. Wow, that's incredible. Sixty million. Sixty million. Wow. Right? Wow. That's that's a preferred local business. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not counting, of course, we were all meeting in person. That's not counting the, the half a million dollars that we generate for the restaurant industry. Yes, true. You know, most of our chapters meet in restaurants or hotels or yeah. golf clubs, right? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, our chapters, you know, in Metcalf meets at the Metcalf golf course. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You know, yeah. So it's, you know, when you say you're generating half a million dollars to the restaurant industry, yeah. in this little part of the world. Oh, definitely. It's pretty amazing as well. So it's, yeah, it's all things as BNI members to be proud of. Yeah, definitely. And so for those that are listening, we, as Denise has mentioned, we usually meet in person um, at a restaurant or golf course, et cetera. And uh, at, at a, that specific location, uh, but obviously with the pandemic, uh, we've now moved online. Yes. And uh, that's been, that, that's been a, as you touched on too, Denise, that's, that was a big change. You know, people don't like change and that was, that was a big change and it, it's it gone well. And you know, I, I have to uh, tip my hat to BNI Global. Yeah. Because uh, um, some people at, at BNI did not see this coming. You know, we, we started hearing about this pandemic in January of 2020. And, you know, like most people, who the heck would think that in January 2021, here we are still going through this wonderful, yeah. wonderful yeah. life. Um, so the, uh, they, they saw what was coming. Yeah. And so they were getting ready for it. So in, yeah. on March, and I, and I know, they, I mean, I'm not very good with dates, of remembering specific dates, but March 13th was a Friday. So yeah. Friday the 13th, it's something you're going to remember, right? <laughs> and not that Friday the 13th is an unlucky, but, you know, it's, you know, the, the, everything's going, oh, Friday, March the 13th. <laughs> so or Friday the 13th, I was in Kingston. Yeah. That week, and I was visiting the the three chapters we have there. We have a Wednesday, a Thursday, and a Friday chapter in Kingston. And uh, I was visiting that chapter uh, uh, Friday morning. The Friday the thirteenth was the last in person B and I meeting around the world. Yeah, yeah. And we and we got it. We got a, a notice from B and I Global um, over the weekend saying. Uh, all meetings are closed for the yeah. following week as we retool, if you wish, and go online. Yeah. And they had prepared a um, the BNI online platform, as you know it today. Yeah. And for our, our people listening to this, Paul is the secretary treasurer for his chapter. It has been for about a year and a half now, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he runs the, I believe you run the uh, the, the, the PowerPoint meeting. Yeah. For, right. Yeah. Yeah, and as you'll attest, it has changed a lot from oh, last definitely. year to this year as it evolves. Because you know, when we first went online, we didn't think we were going to be here that long, so it was sort of, sort of put together very quickly and sort yeah. of a, a, a modified agenda so that it'd be easier to run. Because well, what the heck, it was only be three, four months, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it it has really evolved in all kinds of things, and you know, overnight, yeah. B and I globally 
became Zoom's biggest client. Well, and it was quick because if I'm yep. not mistaken, like I'm going by memory here, I mean, this this past year has been a bit of a blur back to 2020. There's so much that happened. I think it was a Saturday, and I think it, I want to say, Denis, it was March 14th uh, that we did the online training to learn how to do the online Zoom meetings and stuff. It was really quick. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't the Saturday. It was because we didn't even miss that a meeting. Week. We yes. were online right right the next week. Yep. So it's we closed 13th. 14th, 15th, Sunday, 16th, the 16th is when we started doing the online training with all our teams. Yeah. 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 It was, and, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it, it I mean, the turning around pretty quickly. And yeah. of course the, the, the BNI logo, which we know today, the big red bold letters yeah. uh, was totally different for the BNI online logo was totally different than the, the IBM looking BNI logo that had been yes. around since 1985. Yeah. And, you know, even I didn't know. Because they've been in the work at rebranding BNI for okay. the last year or two or whatever it was, and so when we went online, that was a perfect opportunity to introduce the new the new logo. I so see. BNI okay. online logo was totally different than the IBM looking type of logo. Yeah, because now we were going and and now of course all the you know the old IBM type of logo is gone and it's now with the big bold red BNI logo. So which is you know, and I like I must say I yeah. do like that new logo. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. So there's and a the, lot of things going on in the background for this. Yeah. And going online was a, a visionary step from BNI Global to get it. You know, when you can get an organization that's in 70 countries flipped over in a week and yeah. operating without yeah. skipping it, well, skipping a one week beat. Oh, uh, yeah, basically. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, at, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, BNI had 270,000 members worldwide. Yeah. What's going to happen to a business during a pandemic? Well, it's going to suffer. Uh, BNI presently has, it has suffered, right? We have lost members. Some of our members have went bankrupt or business or closed, whatever. One of the things I say is, you know, people have been hit differently. We've seen just in BNI and outside of BNI, we've seen businesses close and just disappear. Right. Everything was gone. Uh, We've seen businesses really slow down because their businesses slow down. You know, one of our yeah. one of our members in Pembroke is a brewing company. Well, one of his biggest clients is the restaurant industry, the hotels, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah and so buying. they were all yeah. So of course his business <laughs> slowed down a lot by about sixty yeah. percent. Some businesses, uh, business as usual. Yes. Okay. The way they're doing business has changed. You know, the realtor will not show you the house the way they were doing it a year ago. Yeah. Right, so on and so forth. So their business model has changed and how they do business has changed, but they're just as busy as they were and sometimes busier. And there's been some businesses that their business um, exploded. And to use one person, uh, one of the BNI members, exact words was COVID was the silver lining for my business. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they've run out of time. They're so busy with, yeah. with, with what this has brought to them. So, you know, we're, there's people at different ends of the scale. But when you look at during a pandemic, uh, BNI members in Ottawa generated eight, over 8.5 million. BNI members around the world generated $16.2 billion with a B. Yeah. Closed business during that one year of yeah, pandemic. That's, that's so, incredible. You know, it, it's fun to see making a difference in people's lives and families. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, well we've said. seen about 70 new members during uh, 
uh, joined BNI in nineteen in nineteen seventy in twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, flashback! <laughs> and so, and yeah, that's you know, excellent. Yeah, we we have members that have joined BNI that have never met their fellow yeah. BNI members. Yeah, in person. Well, I mean, we have a couple in Manitech. I've yet to meet them in yeah. person. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So it's it. Can you do business online? Yes, you can. No, definitely. As long as yeah. the format is there and you follow it. And you know, yeah. I mean. I've heard all kinds of stories about BNI from, you know, third hand and so on and so forth. Um, saying, oh, BNI is this and BNI is that. And, you know, if you missed, uh, if you miss a meeting, you get booted out and you've got to bring <laughs> referrals and you've got to do this and that. It's a cult and everything else. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to be, you have to be at the meetings, you know, so we're all adults and we're all business people. We shouldn't have to be told to be where we are to be. Yeah. Well, that's true. Okay. But you're in business and you commit to your business. And so BNI does have policies and, and procedures, which makes it grow, which is why BNI is the most successful referral network in the world and maintains to be and keeps on growing. And, and it's not true. You don't, you, you don't miss a meeting, as you know, and get kicked out, right? Yeah. You're yeah. allowed to miss. You're allowed to miss three meetings in, in a six-month period. Yeah. And if you send someone to replace yourself, to represent your business, it does not count as an absence. Yeah. And one of the things I, I you know, I, when I tell people is that when you join a BNI chapter, you've just opened up a sales division for yourself. Yeah. Well, so you're not yeah. there to, you're not there to sell to the people in the room. You're there to sell through the people in the room. Who yeah. does Paul know that yeah. I would like to meet? Right. I'm yeah. there to educate a sales team. Well, if that is your sales team, what percentage of your sales team would you like present at each weekly business meeting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, said. you know what people tell that people tend to tell me. Well, I want a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, if, if you don't have <laughs> an attendance policy. Yeah. You have trouble hitting fifty percent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. In every week in B and I, meet as you know, members go around the room virtually now, but go around the room and educate, do a 60 second presentation to their team and educate them about what they do, who they are, what they do and the type of client they're looking for and the type of service they want to offer and who they like to meet. Yeah. Yeah. And then once a week we have a speaker that's 10 to 12 minutes who highlights their business and we go yeah. in rotation. Yeah. Well, when you are the keynote speaker for that week, what percentage of your BNI members of your, of your members of your sales team do you want present? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, right? Yeah, that's how I. You know, that's that's not my, just that's the ones that feel like team. showing up. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. again, without that attendance policy, that that has trouble happening. So yeah, yeah we you know we do have rules, but we, one of the uh, people you know sometimes people like you know always talk against the people that you know are a bit more successful or whatever, and you know, I like to hate the the success, right? And you know, oh geez, and you know, that's a big house, but it must cost you a fortune to keep it going, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I found in life is that uh, there's two things. Be other people either charge too much or make too much, but people never get paid enough or find too much money. I've never heard of somebody finding a couple of the fifties on the street and only taking 50, leaving 50 for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. If you've heard, if you're listening to this and you've never been to a B9 meeting, um, please contact us and, you know, we'll see if we can find a chapter for you to visit. And, you know, you're, what you're really doing is meeting local business people and it may yeah. not be for you. Yeah. You can't be everything for everyone. Right. And yeah. you know, when I was in insurance, I couldn't be the insurance person for everyone. Right. 
either personalities or I didn't have the same product you needed, whatever, you know, there's what it, n- nobody could be everybody for every, everything yeah. right, for everyone. Yeah. So it may not be for you, but you know what, if you go to visit a BNI chapter, uh, you'll get uh, to meet business people yeah. that are working on their business. And, uh, you, you know, like one of the, one of the, say that you, you know, if you go, if you're going to a 7 a.m. meeting, um, maybe you're going to, you know, an hour and a half invested of your time. And what are you going to do? Well, you know, you're going to meet business people when yeah. we're meeting online, when we're meeting in person. Well, you know, you, you maybe you invested an hour and a half. You got to meet business people and you had breakfast. What yeah. could be wrong about that? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. One of the things, and I asked about this at the beginning is, you know, if you invested an hour of your time cold calling or an hour of your time following up yeah, on referrals, exactly. which of those two vehicles will put more money in your pocket. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we've had, life examples basically and i i often say you know this 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 is a true story i say it's a true story because sometimes i'll just make one up or embellish it but true story and, and i've had it happen more than once and i've had people come to a bni meeting and say to me you know this this is a no-brainer yeah you know i can get business out of this room i don't yeah. have a problem with i know i'm going to get business yeah i'm afraid that i won't be able to give business and i have to confess to you that I really like those people because they're more worried about giving than they are about getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I say, the, I say to them is if you come to B and I, you know, if you're, you're, cause we meet them at the chapters, you're at B and I, if you become a member and you're open-minded yeah. about getting to know the people in the room, referrals will start to happen automatically. Yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. Right. And they, but they often say, well, how can you actually say that? Yeah. And I compare it to this. Have you ever bought a brand new car, either brand new off the lot or just brand new to you? Yeah, and when you start yeah. driving that car around town, what do you start noticing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that same car, right? That same model, that same color. I mean, they were always there, but because you didn't have one, yeah. it was just another car on the road. Yeah. But when you're part of the chapter and now I'm starting to meet with you week yeah. after week after week, yeah. start building a friendship. I start getting to know more about your business. I'm starting to recognize business for you. It's like those yeah. cars. They're always out there. Referrals are always out there, but you just don't have what I always joke. You just don't have a garage to park them in. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. When I know someone who needs help with their social media, I have a garage to park that referral yeah. in and the name that garage is. Paul, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it just goes on and on and on. So this is how basically you, you know, and when I'm not at a BNI meeting and people say, well, you know, what's BNI? How does it work? Well, we are a referral organization and we only allow one person in per business category. Yeah. Which so, is you know, important. You, which is important. You're not, yeah. you know, there could be some overlap here and there, but your main piece of your pie is not an overlap. Yeah. And so how it basically works. And I said, you and I, we don't know each other. Not you, Paul, but the person I'm speaking to yeah. that I just met, total stranger. We don't know each other. What would happen if you and I met once a week for about an hour and a half for the next three months? What yeah. would start to happen? We would start to get to know each other. Yeah. We'd start to understand each other's business. Yeah. We'd start creating a trust amongst yeah. each other. And we'd be, become business friends. Yeah. What do friends like to do for friends? Yeah. Yeah. Help them out help help each other out yeah that's basically b and i and yeah. a nice tidy package for you yeah right yeah very it's, well said it's, 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 and referrals are just the tip of the ice you now we've had people um 
come to BNI and, and they come to BNI and they're just looking for the business aspect. And you can't blame them, right? Well, wow, this is good for business. I'm going to be here. Yeah. As they've been part of the chapter for any length of time, now they start seeing what's below the surface, you know, the training yeah. that comes with it, the, the relationships, the knowledge, the support, all those things, all those layers. And of course, now BNI members have BNIU that is part of their membership and yeah. you know, with all these podcasts and training courses and all this stuff. And often I've had people say to me, you know, I went on there just to look at it, figuring this, you know, learn some stuff about BNI, maybe that I can use, but a lot of these things I'm, I'm learning, I'm applying to my own business. Yeah. So yet another, another value added to BNI. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Very well said. In terms the, in, in terms of advice, Denny, because you've, you've got, you know, you've got a tremendous background in, in various businesses. uh, And you've seen, obviously with BNI, a lot of different businesses and a lot of different business owners. What, what advice would you give to someone uh, that was starting a business today? Besides besides joining BNI. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's nothing else. They just join BNI. Everything will happen for you. No, um, you need to be disciplined. As we talked about that at the very beginning, right? Yeah. You need, and you need to. I think what you need to be. You need to realize one thing: don't be a hunter. Uh, well said. Yeah, well no. said. If you're out there hunting for business, you're perceived that way. You're you're better to you know be a farmer, cultivate yeah. relationships. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and you you don't want to go out there and, and and get ten realtors in your in your basket if you wish because you can't feed them all. Yeah, right. Very gotta, well said. You got to you know, and you know one of the things that when I was in insurance, I, I I'd always have a booth at the uh, different trade shows. Uh, yeah. The real estate associate, uh, real estate board had a trade uh, at a had a a booth right or at a trade show, and I would have a booth there. You know, home inspectors and all this other stuff, and yeah. I, I would always go. As I mentioned before, my wife was a realtor and uh, she would refer me realtors from her office. Okay. Uh, the, the realtor in my chapter knew that uh, probably was not going to get a referral from me because my wife was a realtor. Obviously, right. know, I've got a wife, I've got a family, I've got mortgage, I've got things, right? My cli- the clients I was going to have, I was going to refer to my wife, obviously, who wanted to yeah. buy. But you yeah. know, I, have to, I also have to slip in that uh, once or twice in my chapter, I actually gave a referral to the realtor in my chapter who oddly enough worked in the same office as Jocelyn. <laughs> and she sort of looked at the realtor in my, in, in my chapter sort of looked at me with a little smile on her face saying, is this the <laughs> client from hell? Jocelyn doesn't want to deal with this person. <laughs> right. And I just basically answered, no, actually this client was referred to me by so-and-so in the chapter so my philosophy is if it wasn't for my B&I chapter, if it wasn't for, can't remember the person's name, but say Harry in yeah. my chapter, I wouldn't have had this client. Yeah. I'm just, give, yeah, I'm just giving point. it yeah. back. I'm just giving it back to the group, right? Yeah. And so it, 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 it you know, it, it built a better relationship with her, obviously. And so um, don't be a hunter. Yeah. Yeah, well said. People, build relationships. You can't support them all. So when I was at when I was at the uh, at those trade shows and at the real estate board trade show with my booth talking to realtors, I had so many realtors giving me business. Yeah. Right. And they knew they weren't going to get business back from me. Okay. But at the same time, they knew that when they would refer me a client, their client would be treated well. 
I see. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so there was a trust there. There's a trust. So they know yeah. that, you know, at the end of the day, their client would say, oh, thank you so much for referring to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a trust there. So that was worth more to them than having me sending them referrals. But yeah. they were coming to me, right? As I was, I was an open book. Everybody knew who I was. Everyone knew who my wife was. You know, they, yeah. they, you know, realtors in the city know each other, basically, right? Yeah. So, you know, don't be a hunter. You know, try to get to know people, build relationships, you yeah. know, get involved. You know, people, you know, sometimes, you know, have told me, oh, you know, don't go, don't bother going to the real estate, to not to the, to the chamber of commerce. You know, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, yeah. What have you done? Yeah. People say, well, I bought a membership. Well, you can't, <laughs> you can't be a minnow, right? A member in name only. You've got to go to events. You've got to get involved. Yeah, you, you can't know, be the fly on the you know, wall. Yeah, you got to, you know, exactly, right? So yeah. you, you can't, you know, if I, if, you're, if I was going to tell you, you know, okay, I'm going to put my money down, but I'm not going to go to the meetings. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to do that. And say, sit well, at the back and no one will know I'm there. You know, keep your money. So, yeah. you know, yeah. get whatever you get involved with, get involved. If B, I'm going to talk, of course, B and I, I'm going to say B and I is a really well-structured machine that is meant to generate business for you. But like I said at the beginning as well, B and I is not for everyone. Yeah. So if this is not for you, okay, if you want to be part of a network, but not something that meets every week or not astringent or whatever the case may be, yeah. go find something, but be yeah. involved in it, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the misconceptions about B and I is I have to give X amount of referrals or I'm kicked out. You know, and one of the things I say to members all the time is that just because I'm joining this business group that we're all in, just now I'm a member that you all have to give me your referrals. Yeah. You don't have to give me a thing. Yeah. I have to yeah. earn your business. Yeah, exactly. And once I earn your business, then you're going to want to give me business. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, it's on well me said. to earn your business. So it's, it's, you know, that's the philosophy. Learn to work on your business, not in your business. Yes, very well said. Very well said. Because, you know, you don't see the forest for the trees. And that's one of the things about networking, B&I, is that yeah. one day a week for an hour and a half, you get to step aside and work on your business as opposed to in your business. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and you know what? It's like having that trainer that's there to say, hey, look, this is your dedicated time of the week and this is yeah. when you're going to go out and network and go. And, and so many people say, you know what? My chapter holds me accountable to myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I have a, I have an appointment, right? Yeah. I've got to be there on Wednesday morning at seven 30 or yeah. seven o'clock or at nine o'clock, whatever time my business meeting is at, I've got to be there. And so I don't want to let my, my colleagues down. So I'm there. They hold me, they hold me, I hold myself accountable, but they hold me accountable as well. And yeah. I get, I get tips and tr tricks and everything else that helps me be better in business. So, yeah. you know, when, you know, and, and I've said this twice already, you know, cold calling compared to following up on referrals. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I was in insurance and you can, and, and I think most people have been in business for a while will know this is that, you can tell within the first couple of seconds a person that's calling you because they found you on Google. Yeah. Yeah. Or on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to a person who's been referred to you. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. And very well I, said. I think you'll probably agree to this is that yeah. most people that find you on social media or on Google or whatever, when they're calling you, they're looking for price. Yeah. 
It's how yeah. much. It's not how, mal, how much Paul knows, how much yeah. experience he has, whatever the case may be, it's how much. And if yeah. you happen to be a dollar more than the previous person or the next person, that's where they're going. Yeah. But someone that's been referred to you by someone yeah. that they know, the trust level is a lot higher. And money is important. Let's not fool ourselves. Everyone, nobody wants to overpay for anything. Yeah. You know, but price is not the main concern. Yeah. 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 Well said. Well said. Did, did, did you have any mentors, Denis, along the way, sort of over the years that you looked up to that you recommend others? Uh, my couple of my uncles, basically. Uh, okay. one, th- one thing uh, I mean, like I said, uh, I did accounting work for the hotels that I right, got into. Um, yeah. And then dawned on me afterwards that the, my father was an accountant. Yeah. The, uh, my grandfather used to own the hotel in Ebram. Um, okay. That's, that's sitting at the corner of the original uh, hotel there. Yep. Not the, not the one that's further down the hotel du village, but it's no longer a hotel. Now it's, it's, it's something else. There's a Chinese restaurant in there, whatever, uh, camera okay. at, the, at the four corners. Oh, okay. The traffic lights where the drugstore is and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, he's business wow. background. I still actually still have the shot glasses from his, from his bar wow. in, my, in my kitchen. And wow. um, my, my, um, my grandfather who raised me basically because when I was a kid, like I said, they raised me yeah. Um, yeah. mom and dad. I was called my grandmother and grandfather, mom and dad. Okay. And my mom was, her name was Paulette. Okay. okay. And so when I would call my grandparents' house when I was older, you know, in my teens or whatever, and if my mom was there and I would call and I'd ask for mom, yeah. they would go get my grandmother. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so you had to ask for Paulette if you wanted your yeah, mom. Yeah, <laughs> my mom Paulette there. So uh, my grandfather uh, was was real, real estate as okay. well. Right. Okay. And was in business. So, and like I mentioned before, when I went to work at the Ace, at JC Gauthier Insurance, taking over that portfolio for Rock, yeah, he worked with my grandfather. Okay. Yeah, okay. it was called Louis Titley's way back then. Okay. So, you know, so there's been wow. a lot of business He's background for me. It is. Yeah, it was pretty pretty impressive. Actually, wow. a Titley's uh, grandson was a BNI member for a while. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. That was, Jeez, so yeah, I've had a few, I've had a few mentors and uh, yeah. um, heroes in my background that I've looked up and yeah. followed. Well, and your mom and obviously I, being one for sure. Yes, and uh, I, I blame my uncle uh, Carl for my sense of humor. Oh, okay. <laughs> he uh, one corrupted I, I you. Say I, I was I I, I grew, most of my growing up was down at my grandparents' house, and very often I would sleep over. Okay, and he came home on a Saturday night. Probably yeah. about two, 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning, coming home from a date. And yeah. he went upstairs and came into <laughs> my room and woke me up and said, come on, Denis, let's go, you know, we got to go to church. Okay. Me, of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm seven years old, whatever I am, <laughs> yeah. and have you know, no idea. It's dark outside. I'm like, okay, well, get, yeah. get, go to church and you know, got me dressed and everything else. And I'll put my you know, shirt and pants on and yeah. walk down the hallway to go down the staircase. And my grandmother comes out because her room was right by the staircase. Yeah. Comes out of her room, she goes, "Where are you going?" Yeah, yeah. And I look, look back with a big smile on my face. And I'm going to church. He says, two o'clock in the morning. Go back to bed." <laughs> <laughs> so I get my sense of humor from him. <laughs> what? What? And you know, this is. It, it's obviously been a little bit of a, a different year for for a lot of us. Um, 
So I try, I always throw this out, you know, if, and it doesn't have to be something you, you know, in the past year, something that, you know, you, you read or, or saw earlier on uh, years ago that that's kind of stuck with you. Did you have a favorite book or, or album or movie or, or a series that you're watching that you'd recommend to others? Um, I have to say that, you know, you know, you could all, you know, certain music will bring, bring you right back to that moment where you were. Yeah. And the one that does that for me is whenever it comes on the radio is T-Rex. And okay. T-Rex is a band, of course, and um, I was on Spark Street, Yeah, walked into Treble Clap, which was a music store at the time, and my friend, uh, we were three of us, and he uh, wanted to buy, uh, he was going to buy an album, and we walked in, and you know, they often have music playing, and so they had an album playing, and it was T-Rex. Okay. They had the album cover propped up against at the front next to, you know, by the counter, and I just listened to it, and I was just okay. Like, Wow, just fell in love with it, and so I uh, bought the album. So that's the. I mean, there's many. Do I have one favorite song in all my? Nah, I, I can't. I, this is too diversified. Yeah. But that when I when T Rex comes I, on I've the radio, admit, I got to admit, I don't think I've ever heard of this before. T Rex. T Rex. Yes. Is it? Are they? What is it more? Is it like rock or yeah, more it's like rock? Yes. Okay. So T Rex. Do, do you have? Uh, do you do you have? Um, I have Spotify, so I'm going to look this up. Go to Spotify. Yeah. There he yeah. is. That's what I was looking for. Go to Spotify and look for T-Rex. Yeah, I'm going to look that up as soon as we get off here. This, yeah. Okay. Okay, so, T-Rex. And um, one of the books that is, that I mean, I've, I've read all kinds of books and, you know, I could talk to you, you know, my favorite books are, you know, B&I and uh, books about networking and business and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Uh, I'd be lying. Well, the one about the cheese is good, too. Yes, right. That, that is it, that, it, that that is a, a good book. I do yes, and uh, but I think a book that I have read. Uh, there's two books that come that come to my mind. Okay, one is I've only read it once, but it's the Art Studio Murders. Okay, Art and, Studio Murders. Yep, and I don't remember besides mystery murder mystery. Of course, is what it was about. I don't remember what it was about. But the reason I remember that book is that on our honeymoon, uh, we went to Barbados. Okay. And um, the the we rented a a, a a condo that was there. It was there were there were they weren't more like a high rise condos. There were four units, two okay. on the ground floor and two on the second floor. And one of the realtors. That was because my wife was on the real estate, a member of the real estate uh, on the on the real estate board. Yeah, and um, one of the fellow realtors on the board, directors, uh, had a condo in Barbados, so he rented this to us for real cheap as a wedding present. So we spent two weeks there. Okay, and um, the these were called the art studios. Okay, where we were, okay. and so when, so. When you walk into this small condo, you walk in and you are in the living room bedroom, basically. Okay. So the bed comes down, right? And okay. So at the far end, there's a kitchen with a kitchen table. And then at, behind the kitchen, there's a bathroom. That's it. And so you walk in. And what sort of separates the living room bedroom from the kitchen is a bookcase. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't go right across the space or anything, but you know, just just. And there's books in there. Most of them are pocket books. Yeah. And there's not that many, but maybe maybe a dozen or so. 
and so of course you know there's books on the bookshelf you're going to look at what they are yeah it's our first day there it's in, you know it's getting in the evening and i start going through <laughs> yeah. the books in the art studio and i come across this pocketbook called the art studio murders <laughs> <laughs> and this place is remote it's, okay oh, okay yeah it's oh. it's offset from the street there's yeah. trees and hedges so you can't see the street i guess the, the alleyway <laughs> yeah. you take is maybe a block long before you get to this place and it's october beginning of october so there's not a lot of e there's three of those buildings yeah and there's Jocelyn and i in one of the buildings and there's another building that's you know be 50 75 uh, let's say uh, two, 200 meters away yeah and there's one people uh, one couple in that building at the back of it so oh, you know, okay you're, you're pretty okay. and the door you close is a uh, is a screen door and inside yeah. you've got this uh it's almost like a jail right a cell yeah. door with the bars and that's what you're oh, okay you can padlock and so i'm re- so i'm looking at the books and because here i am starting a brand new place you're secluded and you're looking <laughs> at this and you cut off there's no phone and you're cut off from the world and there's no cell phones obviously yeah. and you're looking at this and you come across this book called the art studio murders and going holy jeez <laughs> 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 but the book that I've that, that caught me the most that I've read more than once, two or three times, I guess, and I haven't read it in forever, was called First Blood. First Blood. What is that? And that, came, and that came into a movie with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, he, okay. I guess it, okay. Yeah, and I guess he made three or four of those sequels. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was the, that was the, uh, the first oh, book that I ever read several times. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like I said, it was not a business book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about hobbies and interests, Denny? I know you've got the motorcycling interest. Yes, and- I love motorcycles. I just, uh, that's one of the things that I like. It's just, uh, it, it frees you, right? To go for a ride yeah. and never, you just get a smile. You never see a motorcyclist with a frown on their face. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite bike or type of bike or style? Um, or? I, I, right. Well, I've, I've, in my lifetime, I've had triumphs. My first bike was a 100cc uh, Yamaha twin okay. cylinder. And uh, that lasted a few months. I, you know, they don't go that fast. And so you go out on the highway to go. So in order to get a bit more speed out of this, well, you, you come in, you suck up behind it. So you get sort of dragged along with the wind. Okay. But, you know, they're air-cooled engines and you're sort of cutting off the air supply. So uh, I blew a piston on it. That, so that was okay. the end of that bike. And <laughs> from there I went, I bought a, a 500cc Triumph, which is a big bike back then. Okay. I had a couple of them. My first one got stolen. Uh, so I oh, replaced no. it, got another one. And so I presently have two uh, tri- uh, two uh, Yamahas. I have okay. a, uh, a, a V-Star, 1100cc. Okay. I do a lot of the city stuff in. And I have a, a Venture Royale uh, 1300cc cruiser bike that I we took last a couple of years ago. Did a, uh, did a tour with some friends and did the uh, okay. did cabin trail and stuff like that. So that's one of my hobbies. Uh, but when like you're go- riding though, Denis, like is Jocelyn on the back or you're on the back or is Actually, she riding her own did, bike? Yeah, she does come with me. Uh, we did the uh, cabin trail together with a bunch of friends. Like she's on the back, you're saying? She's on the back, and she actually found the back of the cruiser more comfortable than driving in the car. I was, you know, I was just going to ask that. Like, like I would be so, so, I'd be so scared. Like, I'm going to, well, like, yeah, the wind's going to no, just blow me right off. She's in good hands, right? I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you don't have a seat. There's no seatbelt or anything, right? I, I don't like, think you'd want to be strapped into a motorcycle if it goes down. No. Yeah, no, no. So, like, how, like, but, I, like, how's she holding on? Like, just holding you? 
you, it's 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 almost like a couch, you know, the cruiser, the 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 the, the smaller bike, you know, she'll she'll either hold on the handles on the either side of the seat or she'll put her hands on my waist, whatever. There's oh, a there's backrest, a, oh so, you didn't yeah. know there's handles on the side yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. They're not they're okay. not massive, but they're there. But the cruiser, I mean, you're you're almost sitting on a couch, right? You got armrests on either side. You got the big back. You know, you're. You know, you got the oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. 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 I see. I see. So, how far have you gone? Uh, we've been into the states, up to the Cabot Trail, to a lot of the local stuff, right? But okay. Day trips and things. But that was a, a ten day trip, so that was fun. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's I remember nice. when I was 18, 19, I think I had my triumph and I, uh, we, a friend of mine decided to go for a trip to the States, New York state. And, yeah. you know, it's, we weren't very worldly back then, nor were we very rich. And so by the time we got to the border to cross, we were hungry. And he, I remember sitting in the parking lot at Kentucky fried chicken, eating, <laughs> a, eating, a, a, eating a meal, and then realizing how much it was co- going to cost to go across the border how much yeah. more in gas we're going to have to pay and then come back and going, Oh, <laughs> we're not going to have enough money for this. <laughs> <laughs> we, had the, we had the back of the bike packed up with a tent and the pack sacks and, uh, oh, and wow. uh, sleeping bags. We we're all loaded down, but we made it to the border and back. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but you know, I, I've lo- I've pack- motorcycles have been a passion for many years. I okay. like golf. I just definitely like traveling. Okay. Um, so that's been on hold for the last year, but hey, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of my passions. What What about a favorite food or or a restaurant you want to you want to plug? Uh, one of my favorite restaurants was the um, um, the Crab Shack that used to be at the corner of, of Fisher and Oh Big Daddy's line. Big Daddy's Crab Shack. Yeah, yeah, Big Daddy's. Yeah, yeah. That was Val uh, Belcher's. It's it's a it's behind the it was behind the um, uh, Lone Star. Now yeah. now what what used to be there is a is a burger joint. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the yeah. name of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have several different restaurants that we like to go to, and each restaurant, okay. uh, I have a special meal that I like the best. Right. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Like one of the ones you know I like milestones a lot. I like okay. their meatloaf. No, they took it away for a while. They brought it back. Excellent meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, a few of the dishes I really like a lot. So, yeah. you know, that was one of the places. A uh, couple okay. of different restaurants, you know, and we haven't been to these in a while now. So, oh, I know. Yeah. 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 It's been definitely a different world. Yep. What about a favorite social media platform or channel that, that you find as, that you'd prefer over all the others? Uh, I find you got to be careful with social media because it could yeah. suck up a lot of your time. Yeah, Totally. <laughs> It's a little bit like playing video games before you know it. It's three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> you you want to go to bed, but it's time to get up to go to work. Um, <laughs> like it, if you, you could know, only check one of them, what which which one are you checking? I think business wise, it would be more LinkedIn than okay. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people on Facebook, and there's a lot of yeah. businesses on Facebook, so on and so forth. But it's more of a social than I, I find LinkedIn is a bit more yes. business. Yes. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Anybody on social media you'd recommend to others that you follow or? Um, I, I can't comment on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just because of the position I'm in. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, understandable. Yeah, understandable. Understandable. What does an ideal day off look like for you? Are you on the bike or are you on the golf course? Or? Well, not today, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, 
going for great walks, going to get on the bike, going for a ride, or yeah. a destination, or going, you know, going to a restaurant, having, you know, having a fun meal, um, sitting in the backyard with a, a barbecue, great ball of wine, some good friends, family, yeah, uh, nice. you know, get yeah. together with our daughters and our grandchildren. That's yeah. that's that is one of the things with this COVID thing that I miss the most is my children and my grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's, uh, you know, we, we do, you know, we do Zoom meetings and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. My grandson's got the Messenger Kids app. So that's oh, okay. Right. Oh, so that's nice. it's, yeah. That's so, nice. you know, that's, uh, that's some of our favorite pastime is spending time with family. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. When, when people hear the name Denis Brisson, what do you hope they will say? There's a good guy. <laughs> um, yeah, well said. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think anybody can only ever say that uh, I took advantage of them. Yeah, that I was dishonest with them in business. No matter what business I've been in, um, I've never wanted to get rich on the back of one person. Uh, I treated that with insurance the same way as I treated with B and I. Um, I would like people that know me personally, but also in, in business. To uh, and you know, knowing people in business is often very much different than knowing them as part of your family because you see your family on this on different um, events, right? You see them, yeah. you know, at socials and family gatherings and all this stuff. And some you, you see, you know, it's like some cousins you you'll see maybe once a year, and some you see on a regular basis, right? So you know, family is different. But I think on a business platform, um, the name Denis Bisson means uh, means honesty, means trustworthy. It means helpful. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Very well said. Now I don't know if other people see me that way, but that's like the that's what yeah. I would like to think that I, I yeah uh, you know because I I like yeah. to help people right so yeah. it's, it's right? yeah one, well that's said. one of the things I like about in in, in many things that I've done and, and do and continue to do but one of the things I like about BNI is that I really like it when a BNI member sees the big the big picture. And yeah, gets it. Yeah, and be successful with the program. Yeah. I really like that. I mean, I've had so many people over the years come to me and say, you know, I joined BNI and had a, I had a five-year plan. I just opened up my business. I joined BNI and I had a five-year plan. And here it is, you know, three years into this, and I'm ahead of my five-year schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, very well said, uh, Denis. This has been uh, this has been an absolute an absolute pleasure. Uh, I thank you for for coming on and sharing your insights here with uh, with the audience. I wish you much success uh, to yourself uh, personally and and with uh, with B and I here in uh, in 2021. All all the best and and thank you again for for coming on. Well, uh, thank you again, Paul, for the opportunity and uh, allowing me to highlight B and I. But I think yeah. on behalf of all the B and I members, thank you again for this opportunity because it also helps them. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Have have a great day. For those in the audience looking for additional information about our guest today, Denis Brisson and B&I, you can reach him by telephone at 613-860-0577. That's 613-860-0577. You can also reach him by email at bni at bniest.com 
And you can also reach him on the web at www.bniest.ca. You can find them on Facebook at BNI East Ontario West Quebec. And you can find them on LinkedIn at BNI Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. We truly hope you found something of value in the show that you can use in your business or personal life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite player. Thank you.